0: Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's
1: up, Nine? My nipples. It's freezing out there.
0: <laughs> because just like you,
1: we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who
0: knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we go back in time just a little bit further than usual to the year 1978. Danny, is this the end? (laughs) Of course not. It's only the
1: beginning. Steve, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Although, if you're listening to us... If you're hearing the sound of our voice, you may already be aware.
0: Correct. Uh, but also remember, you can always listen to us at the CLNS Media website. That's our uh, that's our podcast parent. Uh, you can find it at clnsmedia.com. And if you love the show, share the links on social media. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Ah, 1978. Brad and I were both hitting our stride as sixth graders. We were kings of the elementary school playground. Kings, I say. <laughs> ABC ruled the US television airways with an iron fist and a top 5 lineup of TV shows like Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Mork & Mindy, Happy Days, and Angie?
1: Yeah, you know, I just I get the stuff off Wikipedia. Uh, but back on track, Billy Sims won the Heisman Trophy. Musicals are back as uh, Grease hit number one at the box office, and we were just being introduced to future Senator John Blutarsky in Animal House.
0: So basically, an all-around fun year to remember. The music as well. Today we're going to continue our close but no cigar series. We're going to honor the songs of 1978 that reached number two on the Billboard charts, but went no further unlike chuck coverley who has continued to go
1: further and further each week this is all built on a gigantic spreadsheet that chuck sent us a couple of months ago it's been a really fun topic it's one that gives and gives and we're grateful mr coverley regardless of what we may say to your face we are grateful mr rooney you're a beautiful man i want to thank you for your warmth and compassion
0: as the years have gone by, we, we started this, I think, back in 1976. I mean, not literally, but we started with covering the year 1976. <laughs> yeah, let me get and, out my legal pads. For 1976. As years go by, we're seeing fewer and fewer hits, it seems like, that made it to number two and no further. And this year, I think, is the fewest number yet. I think we only have four songs today.
1: That's right? true. That's true.
0: But they're fun. So let's get started Brad, what's your first close but no cigar pick? The first track for us
1: this year, January 1978 spent 3 weeks at number 2, Randy Newman's Short People. Don't Short People was the lead single from Newman's 1977 album, Little Criminals, which obviously came out late in the year, but this charted in 78. It gained attention as a novelty song, which drove it up the charts and also kind of drove Randy Newman crazy, but it is far and away his highest charting single, which surprised me. I really thought I Love L.A. would be higher up there, but that may just be regional bias. Me too. <laughs> Okay, I'll get. I'll buy that. I mean, it was omnipresent here when I first moved to California. It was. I heard it all the time, and I'm like, "Yeah, L.A. This is great." Apparently, not. That's not the case, though. Short people. Um, the verses and chorus, if you've forgotten this track, are essentially a prejudiced attack on short people. Uh, a lot of people did not pick up on the humor of the song and assumed that that was Newman's perspective, point of view, which is not the case. In a 2016 interview with Performing Songwriter, Newman said, I had no idea there was any sensitivity. I mean, that anybody could believe that anyone was as crazy as that character? To have that kind of animus against short people and then to sing it and put it all in a song and have a philosophy on it? Of course I didn't mean it, but it doesn't do any good if someone is going into an office every day and gets ribbed about being short.
0: You know, it's funny. Um, we, we kid about the fact that we were sixth graders in 1978, but this this song was well-known enough that None of us owned it no. per se, but we were, but aware, we're aware of, of using it. it as ammunition
1: against my short friends. Absolutely,
0: of course. Right, and in sixth grade, if there's someone who's not growing as fast <laughs> yeah. as the rest of us, guess what? You know, short people <laughs> yeah. got the law of the no jungle. Forget reason. the law of the,
1: the playground. More like it. You know, you're going down.
0: <laughs> that was awful. It was the worst thing that you could weaponized have. To you popular music at that point.
1: Other than <laughs> yeah. So one light, slightly lighter piece of information about this, just to get us back on the fun and peppy track that we'd like to stay on. Glenn Fry from the Eagles sings backing
0: vocals on this song. Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well he's Randy Newman. He can get whoever he wants.
1: Yeah, pretty much he picks up the phone and they say I'll be right there. So this beautiful, beautiful track was kept out of the number one slot by not one, but two songs. David. Okay. And the first one is this gem. Baby, come back. Yes, that's your earworm of the week. Baby, come back, ah. player. <laughs> I actually have a procedure scheduled for Thursday to have that surgically removed from my brain. <sighs> yeah, it gets in there up deep, doesn't it? Yeah. I thought Chekhov had problems.
0: We put creatures in our bodies to control our mind. <laughs> Made us
1: do things. <laughs> this is the lead single from Player's self-titled debut album, and was their biggest hit so how do you like that right out of the gate number one i mean they had to just be just flying right sure and it's vintage yacht rock this summer on the xm yacht rock channel i'm sure this was on once an hour it is just so smooth so smooth but player is a bit of a cautionary rock tale steve by the end of 1978 the band had completely imploded tension spoiled over after show where they opened for Kenny Loggins in Miami that October. Founding member Peter Beckett bailed shortly thereafter, leaving the group not only without a vocalist but without a record contract.
0: Well, that'll do it.
1: So enough about those guys. The other song that kept our good friend Randy Newman out of the number 1 slot was this gem. Money or baby disco (laughs) staying alive by the Bee Gees fresh off the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack
0: this was definitely one of two albums you had to own in 1978 the other one being the Grease soundtrack oh yeah you're right you're right
1: so this was the second of six consecutive number one singles in the United States for the Bee Gees tying the Beatles record so Steve do you know what 80s solo artist broke on the scene in 1985 and surpassed that record in early 1988 (sighs) 80s solo artist. I will give you one hint. Oh, is it? Is if it, you request it,
0: is it Lionel Richie?
1: No, she's dead.
0: Oh, wait, no, Whitney Houston.
1: Yep. Huh. Wow. She had seven number ones in a row. I know. Like, what a juggernaut that woman was. Interesting back on track this may be disco but it's still around in the medical profession baby because when i learned cpr this is the song that we were told to use to time our compressions
0: <laughs> oh, i don't geez. know what
1: song they use for the millennials nowadays but you know the millennials will probably just let us die
0: yeah that's okay with me i think i'd rather die than have a millennial play a uh, a modern day song on my save chest. you this yeah <laughs> save you with some uh cold play track yeah yeah it's, it's how steve wanted to go <laughs> It's it's what he would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Death Death before Coldplay. That's not on a t shirt yet, it will be. Well I've got my own song from nineteen seventy eight to that was a number two hit, but no further. Get prepared for this softy of a gem. The
1: closer.
0: That's the closer I get to you by Roberta Flack. It was oh. number two for two weeks in May 1978. Do you do you remember this song? I, to me, it's kind of uh, it's kind of hazy. Yeah. This is when
1: like adult contemporary basically was taking over the pop charts. It's yeah. very adult contemporary. But yeah, I did. I didn't. I remembered it when I heard it. I think is the right way to say that.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird because Roberta Flack, obviously best known. Probably for her 1973 song, Killing Me Softly, with his song. Yeah. So now you know who we're talking about. She was known for jazz, soul, R&B, folk, you name it. She partnered with a soul musician by the name of Danny Hathaway for a song that was written by two former members of the Miles Davis Band who were playing with Roberta Flack at the time. And it was released in 1977, late 1977, um, on her album Blue Lights in the Basement. But it came out as a single in 78. So here's what's weird. It it was not originally written to be a duet. But Flack's Hmm. manager at the time had worked with Donny Hathaway and decided to rewrite the song to include him. There is a sad side to this story. Hathaway at the time had been suffering from clinical depression which often had him in the hospital. Ooh. Uh, in fact, uh, it was so bad that he could not travel from Chicago to New York to record it. So Flack recorded her part uh, and then her work was sent to Chicago where Donnie Hathaway added his vocal to it for the final mixing later that, and I think it was in 1978, that Hathaway would later commit suicide jumping from his 15th floor hotel room at the New York uh, Essex house. Oh, geez. I've stayed there. Really? Not hopefully not on the 15th floor. It's, it's right on central park. <laughs> okay. And a- after his death, uh, Roberta Flack announced that the closer I get to you would forever be dedicated to Hathaway and that all the money made from the song would be donated to his widow and his two children. Oh, wow. So, Man, that got
1: pretty deep for adult contemporary. Yeah.
0: It was kept out of the number one spot, much like your song, by a pair of songs. The first was this one, If I Can't Have You by Yvonne Elliman. One of the runs of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack that would forever yeah. basically dominate the uh, Billboard charts of uh, 1978. This uh, was actually written by the Bee Gees, and they have a version that they recorded. But if hmm. you listen to them side by side, Yvonne's is so much more, uh, I've been looking for the right word like for the last three days to describe why hers is better. It's got a lighter touch.
1: It has a certain so, je ne sais quoi. Yes, exactly.
0: If I Can't Have You would be the fourth straight single from the Saturday Night Fever to reach number one after How Deep Is Your Love, Your Song, Staying Alive, and Night Fever. Wow. So there you go. The other song that kept uh, Roberta Flack's song out of the top spot this one by Wings. With a little luck, was released by Wings from their 1978 album London Town. It was actually recorded aboard a boat that was fitted with a 24-track studio and in and docked somewhere in the Virgin Islands. So, wow, it's got that uniqueness to it. I guess. I, f- I guess if you're How Pulver bad would Card- that be? If you're public McCartney, you can pretty much do whatever you want. So.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'd like you to
0: build me a recording studio on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir,
1: Mister McCartney.
0: We'll have it ready by May. I don't think I really appreciated Wings until much later. Like I, I know I didn't listen to him in the seventies. You know, it, it, it just no, wasn't. Either. We were too young. But well, and th- I have to say, the output was pretty uneven. The,
1: there's some Wing stuff. that You're like, really? This is this is only a hit because it's Paul McCartney.
0: Yeah, it's odd. It's it's. I've seen McCartney twice as a solo concert, both times really amazing. And, you know, he yeah. sprinkles a fair amount of Wings material in there, so it's well, all good. I
1: mean, I don't, I don't want to throw it all under the bus. I mean, there are some good Wings songs, but there's also a lot of really kind of like, sure
0: guys. I don't think I heard him play this one live, but uh, it's there, keeping, uh, keeping everyone honest in 1978. This week's episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by Eucora. Do you get a lot of UTIs? Turns out you're not alone. UTIs are the second most common infection in the U.S. Half of all women get UTIs, and about one in five women struggle with recurring UTIs. If you get UTIs, you know that cranberry juice isn't going to solve the problem by itself, and taking too many antibiotics can be problematic as well. So what should you do? Try Eucora, the natural, effective way to prevent UTIs. Eucora's unique formula targets bacteria and enables you to safely flush bacteria out of your urinary tract, stopping UTIs before they can start. Just mix it with water and drink it after intimacy or exercise, or whenever you think you might be at risk of a UTI. If you don't know what causes your UTIs, Eucora has you covered on a day-to-day basis too. It's made of ingredients found in nature, and it tastes like pink lemonade. Eucora also makes a specialized probiotic, Eucora Promote, which includes two specific strains of good bacteria that your body needs to keep bad bacteria in check. Ucora Promote balances pH and restores good bacteria that keeps your system healthy. Just take one capsule a day to ward off UTIs and other nasty issues, and if you aren't happy within 30 days, they'll give you your money back. Try Ucora risk-free for 30 days and say goodbye to UTIs. And right now, Ucora is offering 30% off when you text STUCK to 48 48 4-8. But hurry, this is a limited time offer. Text STUCK to 48-48-48 to get 30% off your order of Eukora. That's STUCK to four eight four eight four eight. And we're back. Brad, what's the next song from uh, 1978 that got to number two and no further? Steve, I give you another smooth, yotterific <laughs> classic. It's
1: Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street.
0: you be happy. Just one more year and then you be happy. But you're crying, you're crying now. Congratulations, you finally found a uh, song that defeated the uh, Baby Come Back uh, yes, ear that warm from sax earlier. solo.
1: Yeah, that, baby. that saxophone riff will will just populate that area of your brain. <laughs> so this song, this song, poor bastard, it was number two for six weeks in a row. Wow, in June starting in starting in June 1978. It's the second single from Jerry Rafferty's solo album City to City. His first release after the 1975 breakup of his old band Steelers Wheel. You might notice there's a bit of a gap there. Yeah. You say legal battle, Steve. Yikes. Sorry about that. Yeah, so they were um they were in a big kerfuffle over what was whose and whose was what. So he was not publishing anything really for like three years. And what what is Steelers Wheels big song, Steve? I couldn't say. Stuck in the middle with you.
0: Oh Jesus. I should have been able to say that.
1: Great song, great song. Jerry Rafferty, unfortunately, died of liver failure in early 2011. Uh, He had struggled with alcohol for most of his adult life. Uh, The Telegraph's obituary included this quote from him. Everybody was suing each other, so I spent a lot of time on the overnight train from Glasgow to London for meetings with my lawyers. I knew a guy who lived in a little flat off of Baker Street, and we'd sit and chat or play guitar there all through the night. Huh.
0: It's a good story. Sorry to hear how things ended out for him, but iconic song. Yeah, for sure. What kept it out of the uh, number one spot? Well,
1: we're really hitting the disco hard this week. This was held out for all six weeks by none other than Andy Gibb and Shadow Dancing. It's not even the Bee Gees. It's one of their brothers. Come on. This guy's a greedy bastard keeping Jerry Rafferty out of number one for six weeks. Wow. Have you no decency, sir? At long last. still kindergarten? <laughs> Andy, who was not sharing. This was written by Andy and his brothers, the Bee Gees, while the Bee Gees were working on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band movie. Well, at least that
0: turned out good for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the first time we've ever evoked that particular train wreck. But Shadow Dancing would end up topping the 1978 year-end Billboard Hot 100 charts, but it was the last number one of Young Andy Gibb's career.
0: Ah, oh, bad karma. That's all I can say. Yeah. I, I never think of. I mean, I, obviously, I remember Shadow Dancing, but I just a number one hit for that long. I mean, I, yeah. that just it's kind of surprises I mean, me. Even amongst disco songs, this is a corn chip of a song. Yeah, this is not. This is not something that's worthy of holding on to that spot for that long. I know. I'll give you a song. What were we thinking? I'll give you a song that absolutely deserved to be at the top of the charts and was not. Are you ready for this one? This is mind boggling. Okay? Here Hit we go. Me. Hit me. <laughs> this foreigner song never got to number one. Vision never made it to number one. It was number two for only two weeks in uh, November 1978. Crazy. Wow. When I saw this on the list, I'm like,
1: that was in the 70s? It just oh, yeah. feels so 80s. I mean, we've talked before about how 80s music really kind of starts in the late 70s, but this is a great example of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- there are a couple bands that really transition. They really hug the corners of the 70s and 80s. Uh, Foreigner, Journey... Sticks. I would put it as three of them, maybe even Supertramp, maybe to some degree. Really have like they're painting the corners of the of the late seventies and early eighties. De- definitely Foreigner. Yeah. Uh, both Lou Graham, uh, the original Foreigner lead singer, and their new frontman Kelly Hansen still perform this song all the time live. It's usually the opening number for either one of their mm. acts. And this this doesn't seem possible, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's what I read online. <laughs> the inspiration of the song was a hockey game between the New York Rangers and the Buffalo Sabres back in the late 70s when one of the team's star goalies was knocked out of the game with what the TV announcers repeatedly kept calling Double Vision. And somehow that got buried in Lou Graham's brain. And now we have... Much like a player song. Yeah, much like a player song. And now uh, through his eyes, we have double vision. You might ask, on what sane planet of the universe could this classic hard rock anthem be kept out of the number one spot? What song would dare defy the momentum of such music? Sadly, it's this song by Donna Summer.
1: Summer.
0: Arthur f-ing Park. Damn, son. Oh, God. We're really. If people decide not to listen to our show anymore after this week because we've given them too many really bad earworms, I completely understand that. <laughs> completely understand I'll never have that. that
1: recipe again, Steve. I'll never
0: have that recipe <sighs> again. Written and composed by Jimmy Webb. Uh, Richard Harris was actually the first to record this song back in 1968, where it should have stayed Wait. buried. Richard Harris, like the Richard Harris, like Camelot Richard (laughs) Harris. His version peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and the number four on the UK Singles chart. MacArthur Park was covered by a bunch of people, uh, including a a Grammy-winning version in 1969 by Waylon Jennings. Huh. And, of course, it would become... I'm not familiar... I'm only familiar with the Donna Summer version, and I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. it's like like limiting your losses, like limiting the pain. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, Anyway, in 1992, Saner minds reigned and uh Miami Herald journalist and columnist Dave Barry decided to have a poll among his amongst his readers and they um selected this song as the worst song of all times. Now, granted they were <laughs> ouch. They um, they were specifically naming the, the uh, Richard Harris version, but nonetheless, I will take that as a victory for Foreigner and Double Vision. So, the author of the song said that the inspiration for that piece of crap was his uh, relationship and breakup with his girlfriend at the time. It happened in MacArthur Park in Los Angeles. Does that place still exist? Is
1: there still a MacArthur Park? It's there. I mean, it's it's not a great part of town, but it's still there, yeah. Okay.
0: Not the kind of place you would take a cake
1: um, well, if you did, it would probably, you know, melt in the rain. And, uh, yeah. So anyway,
0: yeah. MacArthur Park in L.A. was where the couple would occasionally meet for lunch and spend most of their enjoyable times together. Lovely. And of course, I'm reading verbatim from something because I would never say that in real life. So there you go. That's interesting. That, to me, is the greatest crime that we've, we've uncovered so far in this series. Double vision being kept up by yeah. MacArthur Park.
1: That's pretty scabby. This week's episode is sponsored by Modern CBD. I've been hearing a lot about CBD and its benefits. And, you know, CBD is not just some weird Yacht Rock monogram. It's a chemical produced from hemp plants. But unlike THC, CBD is non-psychoactive, which means it doesn't cause the high we associate with marijuana. And CBD is legal in all 50 states. Millions of Americans are using CBD daily as a natural way to help with pain management, anxiety, sleep, focus, muscle memory, including my own mother who's been using CBD lotion to help with arthritis pain, and so I was curious about it, which is why I'm so glad I discovered Modern CBD. Modern CBD is the leading site to buy CBD products online, delivering the best brands and products directly to your door. I I don't really talk that much about work on the podcast, mainly because it doesn't have anything to do with anything we're talking about, But I've been on a pretty stressful project at work these last few months, and I kind of realized I'm carrying a lot of stress around in my shoulders and in my neck muscles, and so I was pretty excited to give Modern CBD's products a go. I've been using one of their tinctures at night before I go to bed, and I'm waking up better rested and without what had become this constant stiffness and tension in my neck. I really appreciate that Modern CBD curates the best CBD products from the most reputable brands, and that all their products have passed strict quality control measures. Their website is the go-to for CBD products with top-selling brands using USA-grown hemp and 100% customer satisfaction guarantee. But the data nerd in me loves that all the ingredients and lab test results are posted there to review, so you can have a look at all the information before you buy. We want you to check out Modern CBD too, so we've arranged a special offer just for our listeners. You can get 20% off your order plus free shipping if you use our offer code 80s. To take advantage of this offer, go to... Modern CBD's website at mdrncbd.com today. I'm going to spell that out again for you just to allay any confusion. It's mdrncbd.com and use our code 80S to get 20% off plus free shipping. That's mdrncbd.com Offer code 80S.
0: Hey, we're back. And you know what I'd like to spell out for you right now?
1: The Sackies. Sackies what's happening the hot stuff
0: ah uh, by the sound of the gong it must be time for mystery movie moment uh, we'll play a snippet of a movie from the 80s i do not know why i am talking in short bursts and if you get it right you're entered into the drawing for some swag the the shirt the home oat shirt is gone correct it it's is been gone claimed. we had we had Blamed. a little fusion Because the last couple shows did not come out in the order that we recorded them. And so there were some people who thought that they might have missed out on their shirt. They did not. That perhaps the shirt was in play. The shirt is not in play. (laughs) The shirt is not in play. Pay attention. Here's a clip from the last time we did this, Suggie. I'll bet I can spook you. No way. I'm pregnant. I'm spooked. That's cocktail. I would have thought more people would have gotten that. But apparently not. Surprise. It's cocktail. (laughs) I <laughs> need a cocktail right about now.
1: Uh, uh, read some of the winners, Brad. Winners this week include Ann in NorCal, Gene and Gilroy, Jonathan in New Hampshire, daniel Son from Minnesota, Volcano David, Jeff and Charity in Virginia, Peter in Montreal, Son of Hugo, Mr. Whiskey, DJ in Clinton, Darren Myers, Brock in North Dakota, and Lee in the UK. Pay attention. Here's this
0: week's mystery clip. A few months ago, Gary got his first boner. You know what that is? If memory serves. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. <laughs> and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain that is, name that 80s tune. We will play a piece of a song from the 80s if you get it right. Again, fortune and fame await you, if not a bottle opener. Eternal glory. Glory, I have the bottle opener. So I just I don't. I haven't bought any beer lately, so I don't really have any use for it. But it's it's nice. I did send you some of the new ones, didn't I? You did, and they're beautiful. Okay, I really appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's the clip. The last time we did this. That's Black Celebration by Depeche Mode. Yeah. That's probably the happiest anyone's ever been saying, that's Black Celebration by Depeche Mode.
1: <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> Careful listeners will have noted that just before Steve played that clip, he was talking about how nice it was to feel depressed. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, I'm,
1: Sometimes the answer isn't the question.
0: There's a pendulum going on in my head. <laughs> you just never know which way it's swinging any given day or any given moment during one of these shows. I have, I have definitely gone from one, do- one mood to the other in the course of our – 35-minute conversations over the years. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Brad, please uh, list some of the winners. Winners this week include
1: Stoney Stitt, Gene and Gilroy, Lou, Sweet Lou, Grilly, Jeff and Charity in Virginia, Chris Joy, Dan in Omaha, Spraggle Rock, Oliver the Bard Barton in Germany, Martin the Irish Evertonian, Dave in Oxford, Alan Titus, and Son of Hugo. Okay, let's uh, spin the magical wheel. Let's
0: find out who gets a bottle opener. (laughs) short compact swing yeah yeah so it's all about power anyway you know i'm just protecting the plate here yeah uh looks like it's gonna go to jeff and charity in virginia you are the winners this week so email us your postal address and we'll get something out to you we promise eventually sooner than later you have two first names
1: doesn't mean you're getting two prizes though
0: in the meantime pay attention here's the clip for this week If you know it, email us at podcast at 80scom and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. Hey, that's about all we have time for this week, but we'll be back soon with this series to talk about the number two hits from 1979 as the 80s race Ooh. toward us. In the meantime, Brad and I remain here, right on Baker Street, but still hopelessly stuck in the 80s.
1: Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.
0: Yeah, that's Booger from Return of the Nerds. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds, first of all, and that's not the clip.